0: Grace and peace to you from your ecumenical siblings. I bring greetings from 21 member traditions of the Wisconsin Council of Churches. I couldn't bring all 2,000 congregations with me today, so just from everybody, hi. (laughs) Um, And on behalf of our board and our staff and also my home congregation, Orchard Ridge United Church of Christ here in Madison, hello. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In light of those words we just heard from Isaiah 65, we might ask, how are the wolf and the lamb doing? How is it with the children? How are the plantings? How are we doing with those ways of joy and delight and long life? Consider these stories I am about to share an offering. I'm here today thanks to God and my ancestors, my teachers and my neighbors, and need to acknowledge those who shared and sacrificed and struggled, whose stories are now intertwined with mine. The land and those who inhabit it with me, those on two and four and even more legs, those who creep and swim and fly, my growing neighbors with short and long lives. Some years ago, I read a book called Ceremony by Leslie Marmon Silco, a Laguna Pueblo woman. And in that novel, she writes, I will tell you something about stories. They aren't just entertainment. Don't be fooled. They're all we have, you see, all we have to fight off illness and death. You don't have anything if you don't have the stories. This morning's sermon may seem to wander a bit. I've begun to learn and think and see more slowly and less linearly thanks to my contemplative and First Nations teachers. I give honor especially to Mary Ellen Baker and Jim Bear Jacobs, Bill Quackenbush and Ada Deer who had been generous with me, who've let me listen and ask questions and learn. First Nations can remind us that the land and the people are one. You're born on the land and laid to rest in it. Body and blood are inseparable. To know the people, you need to know the land. To know the land, you have to know the people. Land and people, to wound the one is to wound the other and severing one from the other is an unimaginable trespass, creating bodily injury, deep soul wounds that cut for generations. The Wisconsin Council of Churches Land Acknowledgement is titled, This is Some of the Story of the Land We're On. There's always more to learn. They're not easy or simple stories to tell. There are realities we need to face up to as we learn about our own past, our ancestors, our collective history, what the government has done in our name, what the church has done in Jesus' name. It's one set of truths to teach. And Here's another. We were not made for war or weeping or calamity, but we have gotten very, very good at inflicting it on one another, one side against the other, and assuming that it's got to be the state of things. In a world like that, of course, we have something against our siblings, and our siblings have something against us, and surely we expect something's going to happen because of it, and we acquire a spirit of fear rather than a spirit of powerful love and understanding. But we can do better. We cannot bless our descendants, all our relations, without deconstructing what has come between us. This is the road of confession and repentance and reconciliation, and I think Jesus had a few things to say about that. It requires that, it, that we take time to know the stories are all we have to fight off illness and death. We have to learn the truth and let it bring us together rather than separate us. So to the stories, what do we know of the relationships between white settlers and First Nations and land and culture? In 1452, history lesson, Apologies to any of you who were in adult ed this morning. It's really short. 1452, Pope Nicholas V, the head of the Western Church, issues a decree granting the Portuguese king general and specific powers to search out and conquer all pagans, enslave them, and appropriate their land and goods. Fortified by divine love, he writes, gives the Portuguese king the right to lead these persons in perpetual servitude, fortified by divine love. In 1493, Pope Alexander VI does him one better, adding a new teaching, any land not inhabited by Christians is available to be discovered, claimed and exploited by Christian rulers. And so the explorers come, and the traders, and they're so proud of what they could map and fix it on paper, because once it's on paper, it doesn't change. It's real, and it's ours. We can claim it. We can take it. So a bit of a personal interlude, and it's not unrelated. My eighth great grandmother, great, 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 had the French surname of the Abbey. That means she was an orphan. I know this thanks to the Mormons, by the way. Jacqueline of the Abbey was born in 1651 and arrived in Quebec in 1668 Marrying at the age of 17. How does a girl with nothing, a child who had been left at the orphanage, make it to this young colony and why? Advisors to King Louis XIV knew you can't sustain a colony with soldiers and fur traders and priests. What do you need? Women. Women and not enough women were coming voluntarily. So the king sponsored hardy women fit for the work of colonists to cross the sea. He would pay their dowry out of the treasury. He would pay their passage across the Atlantic. And when they arrived, they would have their pick of the men, such as they were, And if they stayed married for one year, the couple received a land grant. Whose land? The kings? The couples? The Huron-Wendat nation? Is the land an it? to be divided and sold or given away? Or is the land one with whom we are to be in relationship? Jacqueline married a soldier, as it turns out. And a soldier's role is defense of the colony, or maybe offense to extend its size. And when he went out on night raids against the Huron villages while Jacqueline was at home tending the land, watching over their eight children, think about the math of sleeping children and safety and whose children are meant to live. And let me say this, in a time of war when people contend for land and parents weep at the unbearable calculus of survival, all of the children, all of the children deserve to live. And they're all our children. The prophet spoke, they shall build houses and inhabit them They shall plant and eat the fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. Now land grants existed all over this continent. I know they're part of the heritage of many of us in the Midwest. Perhaps some of your ancestors were homesteaders. And so stories like this need to be shared not to instill guilt or shame, but because the truth matters. Our intertwined stories of settler colonizers and First Nations tell us the truth that power moves people and community and culture suffer for it. Another story 300 years after Pope Alexander VI issued his papal bull, this church doctrine becomes the U.S. basis for westward expansion. Cited by the Supreme Court Chief Justice John Marshall, we now refer to this complex of religious and legal belief all mashed up together as the doctrine of discovery. And it's still active in US and international law. Cited as recently as 2005 by US Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg in a case against the Oneida Nation. She wrote the majority opinion the Oneida lost. In 1830, the doctrine of discovery led to the Indian Removal Act, which led to the forced removal of the Ho-Chunk and others from their ancestral land. Ten million acres of ancestral land between the Mississippi and the Rock Rivers. Today, as a result of a series of unjust treaties with the U.S. government and multiple removals, the Ho-Chunk do not have one continuous land base in Wisconsin, there are 10,000 Ho-Chunk citizens and 200 fluent Ho-Chunk speakers. But I will also tell you that the Ho-Chunk here today are the descendants of the Resisters who refused removal and found ways back. Within the borders of modern-day Wisconsin are 11 federally recognized Indian nations The 12th brother town became citizens of the US in 1839 in order to avoid forced removal. It wouldn't have been their first removal. For most of their history, they'd been repeatedly relocated. Their ancestors came from East Coast nations and had been forcibly relocated over and over and over. And at the time they were given US citizenship, The US understood they'd given up the right to self-government and recognition and their property was partitioned. Brother Town lost their federally recognized status in 1839 and have yet to regain it. The Wisconsin Council of Churches is working with them on the long process of obtaining an act of Congress, which is what it's going to take to right this injustice. Now these are a fraction, a fraction of the stories we could tell. Boarding schools, children, language, culture, health, land acknowledgements that disappoint and frustrate when we just say words and continue on in the same way we did before. We have today's gospel in which Jesus instructs us If you remember that your sibling has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled. Nothing is more important, Jesus tells us, than making right the brokenness. Not even giving of ourselves to God. Run out of here, he says, and go fix it. Go start working on repair. Don't wait. There are so many acts of repentance and repair we can build towards as we learn. I can share examples of what other churches in Wisconsin are doing spiritually, financially, political allyship, ways to support people and communities and nations that have been dispossessed across generations. But ultimately, all of those ideas that I could share, we could be here all day, (laughs) all of those ideas are its. If there is something broken between us and our sibling then we need to not stay where we are and send something out on our behalf as if an it, as if something can make it better. We need to go ourselves, show our willingness to listen and speak words of truth with meaning and intent and follow through. This is how we fight off illness and death, by sharing true stories. This is how a new creation comes. Amen.